It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final edition of the Big Blue Breakdown podcast. Joe Callow along with Eric Kennedy on YesNetwork.com. Eric, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's amazing with the Giants how you kind of see the talent that they had and the season. You know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not a spoiled Giant fan because I don't expect to win the Super Bowl every year. But I know this window with Eli Manning, you know, it's kind of in the middle of his career right now. And I think the Giants, maybe they weren't the best team in football, Eric, but they were good enough to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, there was a missed opportunity here. And I never really got the sense. I, you know, I just, there was something, there was just something strange about this whole season. So I don't know if they, I had the sense that they, they had another run in them, but you definitely look at, at who's in the playoffs and, and you think, man, you know, there, here's a team that, that beat the 49ers, they beat the Packers, they beat the Saints. Convincingly. Um, they played some really good good games against some good teams, and you say, I would, you know, I just would have liked to see them give themselves a chance in the playoffs. But for, you know, from the opening day, there was something, there was just something going on about this team that, and maybe you could say the same thing about the 2011 version. They just got hot at the right moment. But you know, they're the first. I think they're the first team Super Bowl winner to lose the home game since they moved to this, you know, the Thursday night starts. Uh, of course, this this year it was on Wednesday, but they, you know they lose that Dallas game. Um, they get off to the six and two start, but there were a little bit of warning signs there, even because they go into Philadelphia, and here's the you know the the, the usual Eli Manning magic moment at the end of the game where he bails out the victory, um, and then they have that offensive pass interference on Barden, and they, they miss the field goal. In hindsight, that was a huge loss. They had the game in Washington where it was the the, the uh, 1917 game. I'm sorry, the 17 to 16 game. And again, you know, the offense didn't come through, and that really was the game of the year. If if the Giants win that game, they're in the playoffs, and you you don't know what's going to happen with Washington. And if they win the they win the Philadelphia game too, they win the division. So those those two games really hurt them. And obviously the Dallas game hurt them too. So those three division losses were huge. They even with, the, with getting getting um, slammed by Atlanta and slammed by Baltimore, they would have won the division had they taken care of business in in their in the division. And and you know so they go six and two and they fall you know they go three and five down the stretch. And I I just got the sense that they felt that they could get in and and you know the Redskins never cooperated. The Redskins went on a seven game winning streak. And if anything, I hope they learned their lesson this year that you can't you can't count on the other team to screw up. You've got to take care of your business and 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 make sure that you win the division and give yourself an opportunity in the playoffs. And we're doing this show now almost a week after the Giants win their final game, which was a terrific effort against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know a lot of people were confused on which Giants team they were going to see that day because they've seen Giant teams, you know, sometimes with nothing much to play for, just roll over. Now, I know the Giants at 1 o'clock did have a chance still to make the playoffs, although it was a pretty pretty far shot. But I love the Giants' intensity, and I love the way they played the game, and I love the spirit. And you could tell with the Giants right from the opening drive. And it makes Giants fans 
you know, sometimes scratch their heads because they see how the Giants could just... Now, I know they're playing against a dead Philadelphia team, but they see the Giants move the ball with ease. I mean, you know, they're running, and Ahmad Bradshaw's getting 11-yard chunks. David Wilson is effective. Eli Manning and the vicious win that was going on that day at the stadium was just hitting all of his targets, even though he didn't have Akeem Nix. So you kind of get confused with the Giants, and I'm not saying they should have, you know, they should have won all the games, but you should have had better performances against teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and on the road against the Ravens and and against the Falcons than you saw. So what do you think it was? And, and and now, since a week has passed, we've heard from Jerry Reese, we've heard from Tom Coughlin, we've heard from Eli Manning, and, and it almost sounds like they're confused sometimes how the intensity gets turned up with this team. Do you think it's a team thing, a coach thing, an overall organizational thing? Well, when you talk about the intensity, I think what they're mostly talking about in terms of confusion are, are, is the Atlanta and the Baltimore games. And I don't really know. I can only speculate, you know, if and I don't, you know, Tom Coughlin and Jerry Reese may know and they just may may not want to get into it or they may they may be confused. They may legitimately be confused. I my my guess is and I, I actually kind of experienced this as a fan um, a little bit, too, and I know that's much different than, than being a football player, but last season was so long, and, and you know, it ends in February, and then you have all the stuff that goes into being a Super Bowl champion, and before you know it, it's free agency, and they begin their workouts again, and, and the, you know, then there comes the passing camps and the OTAs and all this stuff, and I, I just think between the the short off season, the sense you know that they are were world champions, and there is a little bit of Super Bowl letdown. I will. I know this is a cop out to many fans. I will throw in the Hurricane Sandy, the whole Sandy Hook stuff, um, and and just the the fact that that you know all this stuff seemed to be it just seemed to be a lot of wear and tear on the team. I think again. They would have been okay with having two clunkers against Atlanta and Baltimore. And again, they they also had a clunker against Cincinnati earlier in the year. But I think they would have been okay with those clunkers had they won the division games that they very much could have and probably should have won. They should have won that Philadelphia. I mean, Philly didn't win, or they only won one more game after after the, they beat the Giants early. Which was in on the last season. second, last second play where they won this. Yeah, game. I mean, and and and. So that was a bad. That's that's a bad Philly team, and they should have taken care of business there. And again, you got to hand your hat, give your um, take your hat off to the Redskins. Who would have thought they would have gone on a seven-game winning streak? But I kind of think the Giants kind of took them for granted too. And I think if you're looking, if you're looking to point fingers and wonder what was going on this year, um, I think you've got to point a few things. I think you got to say the stars that were the stars in 2011 didn't play like the stars that in 2012 and what i mean by that is eli manning did not play as a top five quarterback like he did last year and i'm a big huge eli manning fan but he just he did not play at the same level i don't think um and part of this was because he was being double teamed i don't think victor cruz played at the same level i don't think hakeem nix played at the same level because he was a shell of himself because of injuries i don't think jpp on defense played it played as well I don't think the defense ever did show up like they did down the stretch in 2011 when they started playing really well against the Jets and, and, and the Cowboys in the last game and then went on that good, great playoff run. 
Um, I, I think the combination of the stars not playing like stars and the defense not showing up. Um, again, this is a defense that that finished 31st in the NFL, so they were almost dead last in the NFL. They were 27th the year before, and they got away with that because they got hot at the end of last year. They never got hot this year. I just have a hard time um, seeing teams going to go to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl without playing better defense than the Giants are. So if Eli isn't carrying them and the defense isn't showing up, then you're going to have some problems. And I think the other thing that a lot of fans focus on correctly, I think, is they, it's time to do something with the offensive line. They've got to restructure that and start bringing some new blood and get that going. But, you know, remarkably, the, the running game was much better this year than it was last year. Fans seem to forget how bad the running game was, was in 2011. So I think if you're looking at differences, it, it, it's, it's Eli, it's the passing game, and it was the defense. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some specific players on the Giants team in the next segment. After we're just looking back at this year, now I'll give it to you. I do think that the hurricane was a huge distraction the week of the Pittsburgh game because it was in everybody's life who lived in this area, and many Giants were in the most affected areas of the storm. Now, we know how Pittsburgh had to fly up that day, but I think the Giants' whole routine that week and maybe for the next couple of weeks fell off. So I do see you know, the, the Pittsburgh game and the Cincinnati game being problem areas for the Giants and trying to get their lives back together. But the way the Giants went on the road in two very important games when they knew they probably just had to win one of them to get into the playoffs, it just looked to me and many other Giant fans that the Giants weren't really concerned about getting into the playoffs. I think the Giants were maybe mentally and physically spent. And, you know, I, I'm very happy that they closed the season on a positive note with a really impressive victory over a dead team like the Eagles, the way they should have done it. But the way the Giants won that game and how all, all three phases was, was looking pretty good in that game and how you saw an intensity from the team in that is I, I think the Giants fans are going to go on a high note. And look, let's tell the truth here. They're 9-7. and seven. It's basically what they were last year. So, you know, they have the same records. Things didn't fall to them this year. And, and I don't know if I agree with you, though, that they were just waiting for the Redskins to slip up because, you know, what I got a little upset about is I kind of heard too much respect for Robert Griffin and the Redskins that I wanted to hear from the Giants because there was no, and I think Antro Roll made a point of saying it after they played them, that they were worried so much about giving somebody respect and how he's going to be the future and how, oh, they're so good. I want to see the Giants go in there and knock somebody out and, and, and really knock them on their butt and, and really try to make a statement rather than pat the guy on the back even before the game yeah. even started. Yeah, I think they were. I think they 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 respect, or as you're saying, they put too much respect on Griffin. But I don't think that they felt, and I don't. I'm I, I'm guessing here, but I think the the entire team, the organization, probably was surprised at how well the Redskins played as a team down the stretch. I, I still don't understand how well they're. I mean, statistically, it's not great, but their defense. The Redskins' defense is playing way over their heads. I just, I, I think if you told told anyone the Redskins were going to go on a seven-game winning streak and win the NFC East, they would have thought you were nuts. I mean, you were talking about a team that was three and six at one point, and I, you know, I, I just think what I'm saying when I'm saying that when I said I think they took them lightly, what I meant by that is I, I don't think they felt the sense of urgency. Maybe 
they they did last year because I think they felt that they could turn this thing around, and you just can't turn on a switch like that. And I think Coughlin warned them about that. The confusing thing for Coughlin was this. Both before the Atlanta game and the Ravens game, he said during the week and even after the game, they had really good practices all week before those games. He didn't expect that to translate the way it did on the field. He, that's what really confuses him because they weren't playing like a team that was spent or their hearts weren't in it or, and all that. And I don't, think, I don't think that's what it was. I think when fans say, you know, a team is – is not playing hard or they quit or anything like that. I don't really buy that. You know, obviously the intensity factor, they didn't match the intensity of the two teams that they were playing and the level of execution. Um, I think that the big question, and you and I and anyone out there listening is going to have their own opinions, why why did the team not have that level of intensity? Why did they seem spent in those two games? And I don't think we'll ever really know the answers answers to that. I just keep coming back to the thing that, you know, for most teams in the NFL, you're going to have a stretch where you just don't play very well. Um, and then hopefully you, you right the ship. And, and, you know, had they gotten the playoffs, maybe this Philadelphia game would have been a springboard again. I, 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 I still worry about the defense, and I worried about the fact that Knicks was never going to be 100% this year. So I wonder, you know, once they started playing the better teams again, you know, were they going to be able to make another run? But I, it keeps, I keep coming back to those games, those earlier games in the year, the division games, that if they just had taken care of business in those division games, those, the, the, you know, the Baltimore game, the Cincinnati game, they just wouldn't have mattered as, as much. Now, in hindsight, they would have if they'd won them, but I just, you know, the, it was the division games that were, were, were much more winnable, and, and they were in those games. And the 2011 Giants with Eli Manning at the top of his game and Nick's healthy and Cruz making big plays, you know, they don't lose to Dallas in the opener. They don't lose in Washington. They don't lose that Philly game, and, and, you know, when they were coming to, you know, they look like they were going to win the game at the end. And if they win those games, they win the NFC East and they're, and they're, and they're playing this weekend. Yeah, and unfortunately for the Giants, it will be the Washington Redskins playing against the Seattle Seahawks this week, and the Giants are unable to defend their Super Bowl crown. We're going to come right back and talk about some specific players on the Giants, some bright spots, some players who may not be around. This is the Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown Podcast, the final podcast of the season. Joe Callow along with Eric Kennedy. And Eric, you know, as much as we wanted to cheer the Giants in what they did last year going down the stretch, they kind of, we talked about in the last segment how they played with fire last year and how this year it just didn't work out for them and you just didn't have that springboard into the playoffs like they thought they might have. But you did see some bright spots from the Giants in the last game of the season from two of their top rookies, Wilson and, and Randall. So I'm thinking the Giants have to see the explosiveness that both of these players do possess and maybe it's two areas that the Giants don't have to worry about going into the future. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to look at the offensive side of the ball, they still have a tremendous core to build around. You've got Cruz, 
hopefully a fully recovered Knicks. You got Randall, who, you know, again, his rookie year, but he showed you what he can do. This is the player that I thought they drafted, and I wish he, you know, he developed a little quicker, but he shows you. I think he's going to be better than Manningham. Um, but you, you have three really good weapons at wide receiver. We'll have to see if they bring back Bennett, but Bennett was a pretty good addition for them. They have Adrian Robinson, who they drafted last year, and who they still really like, who didn't play that much this year at tight end. Um, so you've got guys like that, and then in the backfield, David Wilson, anytime he touches the football, he can, he can go the distance, and Jerry Reese talked about that this week on the radio on, the radio on WFAN. He said, you know, he's a guy that he can go 80 or 90 yards anytime he touches the football. I think he's a guy that, that they're obviously going to, is going to be very important for them next year. I don't think he's the kind of guy you want to give the ball 25 times a game. So I would assume Bradshaw and Andre Brown are going to be back, and there's going to be a much better um, distribution of, of, of the football with Wilson. Hopefully Wilson is getting more carries. Bradshaw is getting fewer carries. And then Brown was a very good short yardage back, goal line back for the Giants last year, and they really missed him after after he got hurt. So, you know, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. And Eli, Eli again, Eli's the guy. You know, I expect him to rebound and be closer to what he was in 2011. I think he's going to take this year very personally, and once he has all his weapons back, I think we'll see a big year out of him. The key on offense, and I think everybody knows this, is they've got to get this offensive line settled, and I expect them to do that. Um, they, you know, Will Beatty's a free agent at left tackle. If they don't re-sign him, to me it means that they've already targeted somebody else, but he played pretty well at left tackle. The inside of the line was really banged up this year, and I think they've got to make a decision on bringing in some guys in case a Chris Snee or David Boss gets hurt. In the like they've been the last couple of years, it's really affected the inside game with them. And then they've got to figure out what they're doing at right tackle. So if they get the offensive line settled, I think the offense will really be a strong point again next year. Yeah, and and you know I have a lot of faith in the the, the management of the Giants, the way they decide on players, which ones they're going to keep and which ones they're going to let go. And unfortunately, it's not the best decision in the world when you have to let. You know, a couple of years ago, a guy like Steve Smith go or a fan favorite like Kevin Boss and even Mario Manningham. But you look at the way these things have worked out, you know, not one of those guys that I mentioned really had a huge effect. Maybe Manningham was an okay second receiver, maybe third receiver on his team, which he basically was on the Giants, you know. And you look at Brandon Jacobs, who, who was let go and he couldn't even get on the field this year with the 49ers and there was trouble from the you know pretty much from the day he signed with them so I really trust and I think Coughlin has a good eye for offensive talent too Coughlin was always an offensive coach and I really trust Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin with the judgments and I think it's going to be a tough decision what to do with with Ahmad Bradshaw because of his salary and I really like the way they used Brown with the short yardage situations because Eric I think it was the most effective short yardage Running that the Giants did in the past couple of years when Brown yeah, came uh, in, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you may, maybe even during the Coughlin era. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I'm excited to see what David Wilson can bring to the team, but I also think the Giants are pretty excited with the explosiveness and uh, with the receivers. You know, Victor Cruz, I'm hoping does get a long term deal. I, I really like what he brings to the team when you know with the run after catch and Hakeem Nix. You know, he's one of those players that you always knew Hakeem Nix is always going to get up from every. 
Every time he makes a catch, every time he gets up, he's limping or another part of his body looks to be hurt. <laughs> but for the most part, until this year, you know, he was able to stay on the field. But this year, it just didn't look like, you know, you, I, I think one of the games, they had a great close-up of him just walking to the line of scrimmage, and the, and the man was in so much pain. And I think the rest of the offense knew that they really couldn't rely on Akeem Nix down the stretch of the season, so they had to try to work around other players. So, you know, I, I really trust Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin and the decisions that they have to make. And, you know, when you go with the offensive line, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, you know, it's not one or two players. It's a whole unit that you have to worry about. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't I don't know if it needs major reshuffling, but I'm not a salary guy either. But, you know, you, you see what Chris Snee is about to make. And, you know, you don't know what kind of money that they want to spend for a guard position or tackle position. So there's a lot of decisions to make on the offense. Yeah, and, and, and the key with the offensive line is they've got to get some depth there too because the injuries that they've gotten the last few years have really hurt the offensive line. The backup, the quality of the backups, haven't had, or at least the trust level hasn't been there. What, what's going to be really key for them on the offensive line is this. Does a guy like James Brewer really have a future with this team? He's a big guy. Um, he's got pretty good feet for a big guy, but is he a football player? When I've seen him in limited play, he looks like he's a decent football player. Now, if he ends up being a decent football player, um, that that will that will obviously will help a lot when they go into the draft. Maybe they don't have to force a pick. So they've got some guys like that. They drafted some offensive linemen last year, like Mc, Matt McCants and Mosley and stuff like that. And we don't, as fans, don't know all that much about them other than what we saw in the preseason. Some good, some bad. Um, do they develop and, 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 and at least become good backups? But they've got to get some fresh blood. Obviously, David Deal's near the end of the line here, um, and this he, this might be it for him with the Giants. Um, you, met, you brought up an excellent point with Snee's salary. He, you know, he's going to the Pro Bowl, but he did not play like a pro. And he, he played with a torn uh, labrum in his hip. Um, Nick's played with a, with a with a tear, some sort of tear in his knee. I'm assuming some sort. You know, I, he didn't specify what it was after the year. And, and Reese said today on ESPN Radio, he said they probably should have sat him. In hindsight, they probably should have rested him. I I think they, that's a really interesting remark because a lot of Giants fans were wondering, you know, if if Nick's is really that badly hurt, why? Aren't some other guys like Arando or Ramsey's Barden or, or Jarrell Jernigan or Dominique Hickson? Why aren't they playing more? Because when they did play earlier in the year, they seemed to do okay. Um, you know, it seems to suggest there's not a lot of faith in a guy like a Ramsey's Barden. So it all it makes you wonder why they 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 held on to him, um, put him on the roster because he did play well in the Panthers game, but they they never seem to trust him after that. So mm. if, if Nix isn't isn't healthy enough to play, why is Ramsey's Barton on, on the roster? So it's those kinds of things and, and they're gonna have to make some decisions there. But I think the core guys are the core is there on offense. I think as long if they can give if they can get a good a decent offensive line, this this offense could be really explosive. I mean you're you're still talking about a team this year that had the second most points in Giants offensive history, I believe it was. So this was a high-scoring team. What 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 stunk for them was it was it, it was either um, they were scoring a ton of points, 30, 40 points a game, or they were getting um, 17 points a game. I think in seven of their losses, six of, six of the seven of their losses, they they scored 17 points or less. 
but still this was one of the highest scoring teams teams in Giants history. So it shows you that it was when they won, they won by huge huge margins and when they lost they just couldn't score points and I think a lot of that gets back to the offensive line and I think a lot of that was the passing game wasn't there so if they can get that fixed I think this is a really really high scoring football team um, and, and I don't worry as much about the offense it, it, it's the defensive side yeah, I don't worry about and there's more tough decisions to be made on defense because you have veterans like Ozzy Humanura and Justin Tuck and guys like Bowley, who are due a large salary, and Corey Webster, who's due a humongous salary, Kenny Phillips. So you have some decisions to make, and you also have some bright spots like Stevie Brown on defense. So, you know, defensively, I think the Giants really have to, you know, as much as you want to keep a guy like Justin Tuck around, you just don't know what to do because, you know, you talk about his leadership, you know, I, and I and I heard about this last year, and, I, and I'm glad he made a couple of speeches, I guess, around the Super Bowl time. But, you know, Justin Tuck's leadership, he, he looks a lot of times like he's lost on the bench. And I don't know how much leadership there is where he's going up to players in the locker room, but you certainly don't see it on the bench. I mean, I look at the Ravens game, and Justin Tuck standing on the sideline with a hat on, and I look on the other side, and I see Ray Lewis walking up and down the sideline talking to his fellow players and, and – and, and try to encourage them. And you just don't see that at a Justin Tuck anymore. And he says he wants to keep playing. But, you know, that's one of those tough decisions that the Giants have to make. And, 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 and it's not just him. It's some other veteran players that they really have to decide whether they're going to be key contributions or not. Yeah, something's wrong with the defense. I mean, something, and they got to figure out what's going on. I, I Personally, I can't stand it. I mean, I, I as a Giants, growing up a Giants fan, I grew up with, great Giants defense, and I don't expect the reincarnation of Lawrence Taylor to come through and Carl Banks and that group. Um, um, but I, I don't expect 31st-ranked defense. And something's – this group shouldn't be – there were injuries, but they weren't catastrophic injuries. Um, you know, the secondary, there was guys constantly coming in and out, and I know the game has changed and all that, but, but there are teams in the NFL with far less talent than the Giants have um, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe his fans were overrating some of this talent, too. But either from a coaching perspective or a talent perspective or the matchup of this particular talent with this particular coach and his scheme, something's not working because this is two years in a row where they're giving up too much yardage. They're just – I mean, now the point – the points this year, the um, points allowed this year were much better than last year, but they were still giving up, you know, way too many rushing yards, way too many passing yards, and towards the end of the year they were giving up too many points again. And it just, there's something they've got to, they've got to come up with something. And I think you're exactly right. I always felt that Justin Tuck was, and and when he retires or when he leaves the Giants, I'll be very sad because. He, I, I hope, and I've seen a lot of anti-Justin uh, Tuck comments from, from fans in the last a few months, and I just hope fans remember how important he was in both those Super Bowl runs, including the games itself. I mean, he had four sacks in the two Super Bowls. Um, you could argue that he was the defensive MVP of both games. Um, but I always kind of felt he was the reluctant leader, that there wasn't anybody else there to take that job, so he felt he had to take it. Um, and I always kind of felt that he, you know, like when Strahan was there, he was a good as a number two guy. I think the Giants have to find somebody who's that 
kind of leader on off on defense and obviously the best place for that to be it seems like in the NFL is always a middle linebacker but those guys are hard to find those Ray Lewis types in the today's NFL the four three guys who who can stay on the field all three downs and can run you know play the pass and but can also come up and hit the running back but if they got they've got to get somebody who can rally the troops and that, that you know like it like an Antonio Pierce even kind of did that in a way for the Giants, they need somebody in the middle of the defense, in the in in at the linebacking core. I think to sort of be the leader of this team. The dilemma with that is, you know, when you draft a guy, you're usually usually drafting a 22 or 23 year old rookie, and that those guys don't really carry a lot of weight in the locker room because they are rookies. You know, they usually have to grow into that position. So, do you get that kind of guy in free agency? I I you know they've got to figure out, you know, who's not playing well. Who's at the end of the line here? They got they got a tough decision on guys like Corey Webster, Justin Tuck. I think Humanior is already gone. If you listen to his comments, he's halfway out the door now. Um, a guy like Chris Canny, I think, still going to be around, but he's making a lot of money. They've got to decide whether they restructure some of these guys. I think Justin Tuck will be back. I think he's got one year left on his deal, and it actually isn't. I think it's around 4.5 million, and and that actually isn't that bad for the final year of his contract for a guy of his status. So I think he'll be back at least one more year. Um, it's guys like a Corey Webster, who's making a lot of money. I think he's set to make eight million in salary. They've got he, he's going to have to take a some sort of pay cut, I think. And then, you know, what do you do um, um, to, to fix this defense? Do you dra- draft more defensive linemen? Do you bring in linebackers? Do you bring in more defensive backs? I think they've got to look at everything, but they're not going to have, a, you know, a ton of draft picks, and, uh, and they won't be able to do a ton of things in free agency. So they're going to have to be very wise with what they do. Um, I would like to see them get somebody at linebacker who can make some plays um, because it just seems like they've got a bunch of guys out there that never really make a lot of a lot of plays at linebacker. And I know in a four-three defense they normally don't do that, but but I think a lot of these rushing yards um, that's on on the defensive line too. But I think they they need some more playmakers at the linebacker spot. Yeah, and and I I, I kind of agree with you before when you were talking about leadership and how Justin Tuck became the reluctant leader. I think you know you had Strahan, and then you had Antonio Pierce and. It finally became Justin Tuck, and I think the most loquacious player on the team is Antro Roll, and I, I love the play. I love the way Antro Roll plays. I think he's a is a very good player who shifts positions when he has to, and the first year here is very talkative, and and I didn't always agree with what he said about the coaching staff, but you know it just seems like maybe you need some more guys like him on the team, and you know just you know maybe you do need that rallying guy, somebody that can just go up and down. I like what I saw to Chase Blackburn too, and. I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, but I think we say that about Chase Blackburn every year. So, you know, I don't know if the Giants saw enough out of Herzlich where they, they, they feel like they can move on from Chase Blackburn. But, you know, it always seems like you see Chase Blackburn making big plays. And I think Bowley had a very solid start of the year, and you really didn't see him down the stretch. And I kind of, you know, I don't know what the Giants will do with their linebacker situation. And, you know, the defensive line, we'll see. You know, uh, I hope Justin Tuck does come come back, uh, you know, especially if his salary is doable. Uh, yeah, Ozzy Urmanura. Ozzy, I guess, seems to think that he's going to get this huge contract from somebody, and I don't. I really don't know uh, where they're going to give a situational player like that who's had so many injuries uh, a contract like that, especially coming off this year where he did have 
some good sacks, some forced fumbles, but he just didn't have the impact that he's had. Yeah, in I, I don't think years. he's going to get that. But you, you never know. There might be one team who thinks they're one piece away, and they just you know they throw a lot. Of, I just think someone's going to probably throw some more money at him than the, than the Giants will, and he feels like it's time for him to move. You know, it's the move on. I wish he would finish up here. But I just don't get that sense. There was an interview the other day where he just he, he was basically saying it's time. You know, it's time to move on and, and do something else. You know, the thing with Blackburn is this is I love the fact that he gets as much as he can get out of out of his body. Um I just don't think he's the kind of guy you want starting. I just you know, he does he I think in a way it's kinda of sad of all the linebackers he seemed to make the most plays out there. But he's probably the, physically the least talented of the group. He's a big guy, but he's not very mobile. He's a smart, smart guy. And they say, anytime you talk to anybody, they say, you know, they go to him um, to understand the defense because he's such a great note taker and he under, understands the ins and outs of this defense. But when you look at why are teams um, running the ball on the Giants, why are they throwing the football on the Giants? You've got to look at those linebackers, and you brought you brought up a, a, a guy that I should have brought up too. They got a tough decision on Michael Bowley. Bowley's been their best linebacker the last few years, but he did not have a good year this year, and he's having a, he and he has a big salary now. So do you get rid of him and have a guy like a, a Jaquan Williams become the starter now? I wouldn't be shocked if they did something like that because. You know, Bowley, it was really interesting down the stretch this year. Bowley wasn't playing all that much. It was almost like they were phasing him out, and I don't think he was that hurt. And, and there was one inter- interview he gave after a game. He was kind of ticked off that he didn't play more. So it makes me wonder, is, is he on the way out? I, I think, I, But I think they've got to make changes on defense. I, I, I think what they're doing right now isn't working. I don't think it was just injuries. I think they'll, they'll hopefully have some back some guys that'll that'll bounce back maybe Justin Tuck has one or two more good years in him but they've got to they've got to do something different because if they don't they're they're going to be playing with an 8 and 8 9 and 7 season again because the defense isn't carrying their end of the deal yeah, well, I hope the Giants do take advantage of this window that they have with Eli Manning, and you hate to see a season like this where I think they were good enough to at least get to the playoffs this year, and who knows what could have happened from there as we've seen from the Giants in years past. But you know what? They'll have to take it one game at a time. Next year it looks like they have a tough slate of opponents as it looks right now on paper. And unfortunately, Eric, this year does not end like last year did with the Big Blue Breakdown podcast. But hopefully <laughs> we will talk to you from time to time during the offseason, maybe around draft time, maybe around free agency, and get a sense of what the fans are thinking on the Big Blue Inter- Interactive website. Because one of the greatest things about your website is it's all year long. And and, and i got to tell you, the best time, I think, to read your website for myself is I love reading your website during the offseason. And I love reading your website during free agency, I think yeah, that's the I best. Yeah, I think free time. agency, the first few weeks of free agency on the website are really good because you got guys coming on with you know they know people and they they have sort of inside scoops and and so sometimes you get somebody you know that that knows somebody and we, we hear something before even somebody in the news does. I always think that's pretty exciting and and it's always interesting that the you know you always get excited about bringing new guys in. So I think the two times in the off season that are really exciting on the site is free agency when when it starts in March and then I always in the busiest day of of the year 
or days of the year each year. It's not the Super Bowl. It's not the playoffs. It's it's draft day. It's draft weekend. That that on the site. That's when we get the most traffic, the most hits. Um, so so the draft and free agency will will keep us going and and and. Um, and I think they're going to make some moves this, this offseason, so I think it'll be fun. Well, we will talk to you around draft time and enjoy the offseason, enjoy the playoffs. Giant fans, for Eric Kennedy, it's Joe Callow and the last Big Blue Breakdown podcast of the season. Until then, stay true, stay blue.